0: What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome back to Pilgrims and Prodigals episode... Hey! Yeah, and that was Ben, episode 13 or 14. We should probably start putting numbers on that because...
1: Oh, I, we, we did, and then we stopped. What is wrong with us? We're we, the most ADD podcast ever.
0: We did for one episode, and that episode got 60 views, so we should probably <laughs> learn something from that.
1: Well,
0: we can still edit that on Buzzsprout. We can fix this. It's not too late. Yes, don't give up.
1: <laughs> everybody, Keep listening. <laughs> so yeah stuff. yeah,
0: that's that's all I had. What's up with you? Uh,
1: not not a whole lot. I mean normal life uh, but I'm uh back at it again, Daniel, with the uh, offensive Facebook posts. okay <laughs> I uh, I just want I just wanted to say that I so appreciate the uh, I, I I want to say this in a really respectful way. Because everybody that's listening, I appreciate all of you. Like the people that are listening and like, oh, yeah, that's so right. Like, man, there's so much messed up stuff in our in our Christianity. And man, and then I appreciate the other people that are like, man, I don't have anything better to do. Let's listen to a podcast. Uh, see if this is any good. I appreciate you. And then the other people that are listening like, oh, how heretical are they going to get today? Oh, my God. I can't believe they said that. What? How dare you? Mm-hmm. And just that are just like turn on our podcast because they want to get salty real fast and just yeah uh, <laughs> criticize something. Yeah. I appreciate you too. The, but yeah, okay. I, I, I just want to say there's, <laughs> there's two people in particular on Facebook that if you follow my posts at all, you probably know who they are. Um, but if you're listening right now, I so appreciate the, the genuine love that you have for me. I, I can just say, uh, John, John Dermakis and James Peters are two people that they always, they always comment whenever I post about the podcast and they've been they to give all the listeners some background. They've been getting back to me about like, this is wrong and this is messed up and this isn't the way that it should be. I hate to see what's happening in your spiritual life. Mm-hmm. And I would just take a, a, a I want to take a moment to respect them, um, for the people that they are cause they know me personally they're not internet trolls they're real friends in my real life and they're taking time out of their day to do what they see as helping me well like, I mean
0: th- John Darmachus did call himself a troll
1: yeah and and hey I mean <laughs> I but I'm telling you he's the most loving troll that that I know I mean maybe he trolls other people for real but for me whenever he he's
0: like a little he's like one of the little rock trolls from Frozen.
1: Yeah, like one of those trolls. Yeah. Were, I mean, honestly, more like whenever I imagine uh, a, a nice troll, it makes me think of like the dwarfs from The Seven Dwarfs. Okay. It's Snow White, but whatever, yeah. like the most happy, smiley troll <laughs> out there. I, appre- I appreciate people like that because, well, I'd, just to come out and say it is that there are so few people from the Christian evangelical circle of like what what – mainstream christianity is that are reaching out to people like you and me they see us as dangerous and push mm-hmm. us to the side yeah. and don't even really interact with us in, in in a real way it's more just like they like the only comments that i get from evangelical christians for the most part is uh, smh you know yeah. like shaking yeah. my head like they're just disappointed but john and james are people that comment and i feel like they really care like no one posts a 50 line facebook post and doesn't care so i just want to take some time to appreciate you guys because yeah uh not not to like get extra hardcore and call people out but that's absolutely what i'm about to do is that when it comes to like the pastor from our old church the person that was my spiritual father and ride or die and we're going to the gates of hell and back have not really got a single call to asking how yeah. I was doing or what's going on. But there are still some people – I honor the people from the evangelical circle that care enough about me to tell me that, hey, I think you're wrong because there's a lot of people that said they loved me, that they disagree with me and think that I'm doing – I'm not
0: following God and they're not bold enough to – or well, they don't the even love is, me enough to like, say yeah. anything. You know what I mean? The thing is like, I welcome that too. Like, If someone thinks that I'm wrong, if you have a legitimate point or – a scripture or a thought that you want to bring up. Like that is more than welcome for me because I love conversations like that. I want to talk about those things. <clears throat> and what, there's what I there's don't a, like is sorry, when go ahead. what I don't appreciate is when it's like uh almost like calling you out, like when it's like dogging you or making mm-hmm. fun of you or pretty much calling you like like a loser because of what you're saying like I can't believe you could even think something like that but when it's someone who's making a legitimate point like I definitely encourage and and uh and, and like that like that's that's perfectly cool for me because I want to talk about those things and I do when I'm talking about all this stuff I do want to bring the scriptures into it and I do want to weigh all that out because I mean I believe that has an aspect in there so I, I think I'm I'm even at the point where like I appreciate the
1: people that are just trolling, like the people that not just trolling, but like if your heart is good. <sighs> see, Keith, I see the I think I see the good in people too often. I did this at the last church we were at. I think I still do it in my life, yeah, but it's how I live my life. So whatever. Screw everybody that tells me to be different. But <laughs> but like even if it's like, Ben, you're completely wrong. What kind of wicked carnal mind are you thinking with right now? I say wicked carnal mind because I just got tagged in a Facebook post that said, <laughs> wicked, wicked, <laughs> check this out, bro, about a wicked and carnal mind. But, but I say that because even if someone says that, the circle that we came from, I understand what love is to them. And it's a, it's kind of a weird thing where, like, if you love someone and they're walking off a cliff, you'd break their legs so that they couldn't do it. That's love. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's kind of a weird mixed up, but like, I see it as love, even if it's like, Ben, you're completely reprobate, turned over to a carnal mind, and I'm like, man, at least you're taking the time to say something. I haven't even talked to half of the people that were a part of my world before I left the church, or, sorry, took a permanent sabbatical (laughs) at the request of the church. (laughs) (laughs) But I haven't talked to half of those people, but there's still some people that are back in my life and talking to me, and those are the friends I'll keep. Even though they think I'm totally wrong and that's all they ever tell me, I appreciate those friends and I'll keep them because they're good people. I need balance in my life and I listen to them and even sometimes they make good points that change my mind because I can listen I mean, that's through the, true, but I the think,
0: heckling. That, that's true, but I think more than I, – I feel like what would be more effective than that than, and nothing against them, but yeah. I mean I think what would be more effective than just here's a – 15 foot facebook message with the whole bible written out and Mm -hmm. all these uh all these points and all this stuff telling me how telling us how we're wrong and we need to think like this and blah 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 i think instead of that if someone were to reach out and be like hey do you want to get together sometime grab some coffee do you want to talk about what happened to you and what led you to the place that you're at and maybe from that we can divulge some kind of some kind yeah. of point because maybe I am a little off. Maybe I know yeah. Maybe and I am I, a little off through everything that's happened to me. But I don't think the proper way to address that is to say, Hey, you're wrong. Think like this. I think mm-hmm. what you need to do is say, Hey, I if you legitimate like if anyone's listening and legitimately believes that I'm wrong in my thinking, get a hold of me. And yeah. and know my life and my story before just saying, "Hey, you're wrong, you horrible perverse person, and you're leading yeah. people down the wrong path and teaching them the wrong things." And because I'm not, I'm not teaching crap, dude. Like I'm just on a podcast talking about what I believe.
1: We're I'm, just processing our lives, like in our spiritual life. It's yeah. It's
0: well, hard. I was listening to a podcast earlier this week, and they were talking about how Christians are okay with people being hypocritical if it affects their if it affects their cause in a positive way like it's okay to lie about what i believe if it's affecting them but when the truth comes out about what i believe and what i'm working through then it's like oh well we can't have that stop doing that stop leading people away stop believing lies you're not even in the truth right now you're probably not even in the lord like i don't like if what i'm even if what i believe isn't right like Okay, then talk to me. Let's work through it. Yeah. I don't need a yeah. I don't need you to just troll like and I know you may see the good in that, but I really don't like of yeah, just I hear you. here's a fifteen foot a uh, fifteen paragraph thing about how you're just wrong. It's like, okay, I hear you, but I don't feel the love in that. I just yeah. hear I just hear you telling me with a bunch of words how wrong I am. And if you really believe that, get a hold of me, talk to me, let's meet up, let's, let's work it out. Can I share my story with you? Can I share with you what led me to the place that I'm at? Because I think genuine relationships have a way better effect on changing people than just telling them that their ideas are wrong. Oh yeah. 100, I'm not like 100% on that page. I will
1: say side point, two points is that I know that James is beating his head against a wall right now because he has offered multiple times to get coffee with me and you and sit down and talk about where we're at. And oh, I know I'm that sorry you because might. I I don't really see that those messages. Uh, uh, I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, either way, th- not the point, but I just know that he's – I'm just saying he's so frustrated right now because that's – he's been wanting to do that. But with my schedule, I haven't been able to. So I'm relaying the message to you, Keith. Okay. He 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 absolutely has offered that multiple times because he's concerned. Okay. So so not saying uh, that is one way or the other but that's what you want and James is totally willing to do that. But and and some people are willing to do that. To so to just get back on the idea of it all. Uh, uh, there's a lot of people that are are willing to do that and I appreciate those kind of people. I guess and the other point is for me is that I've been I've been so deep in so many evangelical places that I know and this is this is terrible like evangelicals you need to get your life together but like the way that they express love or understand love is through correction like you know that verse that says God corrects those that he loves or God disciplines the children that he loves yeah they take that to a completely whoa that I don't think that's where we're supposed to be with that to where it's like whenever someone warns you of what's going on and they're like this is terrible stop what are you thinking what is wrong with you that is love to them and so i see that and i'm like man i love you too but you're really bad at expressing it you know what i mean like that's just every time i see a 15 foot facebook post i'm like Man, I really know what you're trying to say. As I love you and care
0: about you, but you're just really not, not doing a good job. No, I don't, because I see it more as I want. I'm trying to prove that I'm right. I don't see. I'm. I'm trying to care about you. I see. I'm trying to prove you wrong. Well, the and only reason the thing that, is, like only none reason reason wanna... of the things. None of the things that we even talk about this podcast, in my opinion, are even salvational. Like whether I smoke or drink. I don't smoke, but whether I drink or cuss or anything like that. But to I them, don't think it is salvational. No, it, but it's not though. Like to, I know, to I know. no one else, only to a small group of 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 believers is doing any of those things leading you to hell because no one else believes that. Like there are literally millions of Christians out there who it literally doesn't matter. Like, and I don't think God is looking at it as it matters. Like, who cares if someone drinks I don't or think not? So either yes, I mean. Don't be an alcoholic. That's not good for you. But a lot of people will say, well, drinking's gonna lead you to alcoholism. No, it's not. It will if you let it. If you become an alcoholic and start drinking every single day and that's all you ever do with your life. Yes, that's wrong. Yeah, it's Any kind, it's of,
1: kind of like saying that like, don't have sex because that leads to orgies. I
0: yeah. mean,
1: if you if, if you experience the good things that God has placed on the earth for us in the right context with a non- uh,
0: with with any amount of self control, alcohol does not lead to alcoholism. No, and that's the argument against against any of that. Of like, it, it's all just like, well, it could lead you in a bad place. Yeah, it could, but that doesn't mean it's going to. But the mindset I do respect, like I was talking to um, <clears throat> one of Amanda's friends, and we were talking about uh, drinking and stuff like that. Hmm. Um. And she was saying, "This is a, a mindset that I do uh, agree with, or not agree sure. with, but um, accept and am okay with." Is she says that she just doesn't want to do it because she would rather just avoid it all. And I, I agree with that. Like I think it's okay for someone to not drink and not cuss because they just don't know what they think about it, and they would just rather avoid the topic altogether. But in Mm -hmm. that, they're not like condemning it, you know, and that's perfectly, that's perfectly acceptable to me. Like if you, if you think that it's not going to lead you in a good place and it's not good for your life, then don't do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I totally But don't condemn it, you know, and don't, don't tell me I'm a sinner and I'm going to hell because of it when there's Mm -hmm. literally no biblical proof at all. That because I have a couple beers every now and then that I'm going to hell. Or I say a cuss yeah, word no. every now and then. Like, there is literally no biblical context that would say that I'm going to hell. And I know, because I, I used to be in that circle, and I believe that it would send someone to hell. I, I yeah. mean, I was of the mindset that, like, if you told me that you had a beer last night, I would believe that you weren't even a Christian, because that's what was ingrained into my, my brain. So I know all the scriptures that someone could bring up to try and back up that point, but I believe all of those have been taken out of context, and that's not even the root meaning of them anymore. Okay, Keith,
1: I have a question for you. Yeah. Imagine we're back uh, two years from now. Two years from now, back in the past, we're at the church, we're super involved, and I tell you that I think it's okay to just get drunk all the time and... Not like alcoholism, but it's okay to party, it's okay to drink, whatever, mm-hmm. I get wasted, and that's okay with God. Not saying that I feel that way, but imagine that I said that to you two years ago, what would
0: your response have been? What would the two years ago Keith say, if that's what I said? I would have like instantly like laid hands on you and started speaking in tongues.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So you see how nuts that is and how much that doesn't make sense? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your response is crazy and it doesn't make any sense. But back then two years ago, Keith, I knew you loved me. You know what I mean? Like you love me as a brother and that's why you would have done a crazy, stupid, ridiculous thing to show me your love. And I'm just saying that I respect – I've been deep enough in evangelical territory that I respect people that lash out and do crazy weird stuff when they see me doing things they think are dangerous because that's where we were. You just told me you would do something crazy and stupid if I tried to share something like a different viewpoint with you. I mm-hmm. disagree with your spirituality yeah. and then you respond crazy. Doesn't mean you don't love me. It just means you're bad at showing love. Yeah. So okay. I, I respect I respect all those people in that camp that are bad at showing their love. I know what it is because I can see through it and yeah, I see yeah, the love yeah. behind it. No, and I, see I appreciate
0: you. you. I, I see you. There's a difference like between um between our encounters or reactions with, say, like, James and John, as yeah. opposed to my encounters with, like, Tom and Jenna and stuff like that. Like, I do yeah. I do see what you're saying. There were two completely different aspects there because with John and James, even though they don't agree with us, mm-hmm. and they, they might even think that we're not even saved. And I... You know, I'll give it to anybody to hold their own opinion and their own views. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but I do see what you're saying there, and I think you've changed my mind on that. Like, I do see where they're, even if they are being trolls, um, they it's are— the only
1: way they know how to love.
0: Yeah, they're coming <laughs> at it with love, as opposed to, you know, the way that church leadership interacted with us. That was not love at all. It was— yeah. James and John aren't trying to get anything out of us
1: at all. They're just—they're literally concerned about us as people, which yeah. is honorable, and I thank them for that. All right. Hey, sorry guys. I love you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. We'll get coffee sometime once our schedules work out. No, but I—I I, did—I did not bring up this topic
0: specifically. See, to talk I'm, about I'm a reasonable man. I'm willing to change my mind yeah, on things. You just have to—you to, just have to pose a good point. Uh, you're so like a good mature yeah it's got to be a good um point something that actually makes sense it's not just hey you're wrong but like you just we just had a discussion and at the end of it you made a point and i was like you know what ben you're right
1: (laughs) well all right so just so you know keith that wasn't about love i just wanted to be right thanks for that okay (laughs) No, okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just I'm kidding. I'm done. Totally kidding. <laughs> Bye. See you guys podcast next week. <laughs> over. How many jokes are we gonna make about ending this podcast? It's hilarious. I don't know. Um, it's it's all no, I got but, today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just I just wanted to I wanted to throw that point out there and say that I appreciate everyone that listens to the podcast. Whether you Yo. like it, whether you're bored out of your mind, or whether you hate it, I appreciate all of you because you must care to some degree. So thanks for caring about me and Keith. Hey, we jumped up thirty listeners this week. Thirty listeners—that's a lot. That's like that's like a third of what. Like that's thirty percent increase. Yeah, we went from like forty-five to seventy-five this week. That's insane. So props to Crazy. you guys. Yeah, yeah, all you listeners out there, what it do? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, oh, now that that's off my chest, we can transition into what the hell is church. <laughs>
0: What the hell? I love it. I love is it. church? What, what are we doing? It? What the? What are we what doing? The,
1: what the freak is it, man? <laughs> it's some. It's just. It's. It's. I don't know. It's just. It's hard to call it, bro. <laughs> okay, uh, so
0: I think we have to, at this point, define some terms here for a second. Okay, let's do it. Do it. So, Ben, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna name something, and you give me a definition. Ooh.
1: All right. All right. I'm
0: ready. Uh, Church
1: mm. uh, The called out people of God The people Not the institution But the individuals That love God Seek God And work together in love To uh, accomplish both of those goals
0: mm. Okay That's the only term that I really had Because <laughs> we're not talking about anything else it would have been fun. Like, <laughs> penguin. Uh, give me uh, definition. Yeah, uh, all right, no, Keith, I got one for you. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
1: define this for me. Um, mm, all right.
0: Pop music. Pop music. Uh, disgusting. <laughs> um, no, no I, do, I don't mind pop music. I don't like listening no, yeah, to it a either. lot, though.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So, uh, that was an attempt at a joke. If you liked it, give us a thumbs up. If you didn't like it, just be wah, quiet. Wah,
0: wah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, okay. So seriously, let's get back on this topic of what is church and the reason that we're asking the question. Why are we asking the question, what is church is because um, I don't know if you guys that are listening feel the same way as I do, <clears throat> but I'm looking at what everybody else is calling church and shaking my head like there ain't no freaking way. There ain't yeah. no freaking way that that is what it's talking about in the Bible. That's this; These two things, one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's uh, the reason that I started asking this question is because I'm looking at church, and there's just some stuff that's not okay about it. That's just like, that is not, that can't be it. There's no way that that's church. And if that is church, I'm just going to write that off as one of the cultural parts of the Bible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right.
0: So, uh Keith, what is if I asked you what's wrong with church, what would you say? Um I think we have to like I was saying before, we have to redefine what church actually is because um if I would if I were to answer the one thing, the one issue, the one problem that we have in at least just westernized American church culture, it's we've traded the body for a temple, and and like when I I go back to Ephesians where that's deep, yeah, I go back to Ephesians where God talks about how we have become the temple, how we are meant to house the Holy Spirit, and like he he calls the the apostles and the prophets and the prophets the foundation. He calls Christ Jesus the cornerstone. So and he calls us the temple. Like he's not talking about a building he's talking about a people Whoa. so i think that's what... deep
1: <laughs> he I... never mentioned once a piece of construction material when he yeah. talked about the pieces of the church he didn't every say piece,
0: every piece of the
1: church that was mentioned was an individual
0: yeah he didn't say stained glass windows and pews and sound systems and light systems and sound boards and microphones and you know yeah there's saying? no
1: there's no scriptural support for any of that that's all 100% And this is what it's going to come down to, Keith, is we have to admit that the church that we have in America, if you think about what a church is and then look at that, that is our – 100 percent our conjecture about what it's supposed to look like. Because when we look at a biblical definition, there are only a few details. Like it does not say – there's no liturgy listed in the scriptures except for – and I'm throwing this one out there to one of our friends – is it does talk about stuff you should do in remembrance of me, like taking communion and stuff like that. Like there's very, very light liturgy mentioned in scripture. Most of it is really ambiguous and left up for you to define. And I'm looking at churches down the street and being like, so that's how you define that? Oh, because I was thinking something way different, a little bit more logical. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Church as we know it is conjecture, not scripture. Like there are several things that are scriptural, but most of what we do, the function, the going to church on Sunday, going in, getting a, a, a uh, pamphlet or uh, a handout, and then going in, greeting everybody, praying for the offering, uh, singing two fast songs and two slow songs, hearing a sermon, and then leaving – and then getting coffee and donuts afterwards. Ninety-nine percent of everything I just mentioned was not mentioned in the Bible. It was just our best. It was our best attempt at facilitating what the Bible said we needed to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think whenever Jesus talked about, whenever Jesus talked about the church or any of the New Testament writers talked about the church, it was always, it was always people. I mean, even yeah. in Matthew sixteen, when Jesus was talking to Peter, and and he was like. Um, he's like he was talking about uh, what do you say? I um and I tell you you are Peter and on this rock I will build the church, you know. And then the one I was just talking about where, um, um Paul was talking about how we are the temple. So, like based off just these two references and just the idea throughout the whole New Testament, we can see that the New Testament church was never meant to be a structure, a building, a bunch of stained glass windows, a bunch of empty cathedrals. Like the new, the new Testament church was never meant to be an organization. It was meant to be, it was meant to be a family. It was meant to be people. So that's just, that's just kind of where I, I land on that, on all that.
1: I don't think – and this is this is what I, I – is you bring up a good point. I don't think it's possible to have an empty church, but you can have an absent church, if that makes sense. Like people can be absent and the church doesn't have a presence, but you can't have an empty church because the church is people. And now, I, I don't want to get so away from the Bible because everybody that's evangelical and every pastor that makes his living off of this uh, conjecture of what church is – is mad at me right now because they're gonna be like well the bible says that the believers gathered in the temple and they devoted themselves to the apostles teachings and (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah i i uh pastors don't sound like that by the way that was just my uh that's that's what satire sounds like not pastors
0: yeah um (laughs) because that's what what pastors sound like that's what uh (laughs) what were you doing last week uh intellectuals. That's how intellectuals sound. <laughs> uh, they all
1: sound the same. They just
0: <laughs> trolls, <No. laughs> internet trolls. That was the week before. Um, <laughs> I've always got this one
1: person that has that voice. <laughs> no, but, um, like it does say that they gathered in the temple. So I'm not downplaying the fact that we need to gather somewhere and get together, but I'm down. I am 100% bringing up the fact that that was never made a crowning point in any discussion. If the temple is such a huge, big deal, why is there no description of what goes on there? Why wasn't that like a chapter Mm -hmm. of the Bible where we talked about what needs to happen? I know there's advice of what you should do in church and so on and stuff like that, but we don't, the, the Bible mentions so many times that the temple is not a necessity. It is not what I would consider a necessity for church. It is a, It's a piece of equipment or a vehicle to help accomplish what the church is and help it become what it is. It's a secondary thing, not a primary thing to Mm -hmm. church. And let's just, let's just, let's be real. The reason that we're asking this question is because church in Western culture, it's not doing so hot. It's honestly declining very rapidly, especially with our generation, mine and Keith's generation, is like, what kind of BS? Like, mom, dad, did you go? How many years have you been going to this? This is yeah. garbage. And like, that's that's what the new generation sees church as. And you can blame it on a lot of different things. But honestly, it's just not the
0: greatest Well, and thing. The, the way church is set up is not doing its job. I mean, yeah, more and more these right. days, you, you see people falling away from the faith completely and not wanting anything to do with it. And... You can blame it on culture. You can blame it on the devil. You can blame it on whatever. But the fact of it is church is not doing what it's supposed to be doing. And I think it's clear indication that Sunday morning services are not doing crap. Like they're not. That is not getting work done, fam. It's not. That is not getting work done. Gather everyone in this big building to hear what my pastor has to say. Sing a couple emotional songs and then go home. Like, and you may have a couple good experiences out of that, but that's not accomplishing what the church is supposed to.
1: So the reason, the reason, I mean, there's more than, there's more problems than just that. The reason that our generation doesn't like it is because they see how messed up the financial aspect of church is. Yeah. I was going to talk about that too. It's, it's. It's just like almost gross. When, when you do what we've done in Western culture and you just like slap the church on the arm, you just like tie a tourniquet on that mug, slap its arm, and then shoot it up with some capitalism, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and it becomes it becomes a business that is trying to get more members in competition against other churches that are trying to get more members. Yep. So we have to be better than the next guy so we can get more members, so that we can get more people saved, so that they can give us money for tithe. I mean,
0: you've got got churches that have entire branches that are dedicated to marketing strategies. And when you see that, if you look at a statistic that that says 80%, and I forgot where this was, it may have changed by now, but 80% of church growth is transference. It's not even new salvations.
1: Exactly. Well, like, dude, you're so legit. Now, and I'll and i, and I for, I'll speak for the evangelicals that say, well, if someone can come and raise a banner where a whole city wants to get united under one church and do things together, more power to them. OK, so if the church is just transference, it's churches coming together under one banner. That's what that is. That's OK, right, Ben? And I'm like, huh? yes, yes, but you're missing the point is that it's, we're, if we have a whole branch devoted to marketing to make that happen, we're wasting man hours on stuff that we don't need to be doing. We, it doesn't I mean, yeah, need to be they, that way.
0: The churches have businesses that they hire to help promote them on social medias and get their name out there to get more people there. And what you're saying was so true. When you get the financial side of it mixed up, it jacks everything up because then if your church stops growing or people start going to another one, it's not just messing with kingdom tactics or kingdom building, whatever. It's messing with your finances. It's messing with a pastor's salary. So then he has to beat up the people that are still in his congregation about tithing so that he can continue to get a salary, so he can continue living. So all these other people with the... 20 different positions inside of a church that get paid for some reason Mm -hmm. they so they can all keep their jobs so everyone can keep living and it becomes a financial institution rather than rather than what it's supposed to be and i mean i've had thoughts that i mean i think the way church is going like i don't even see the validity of churches being 501c registered anymore because it just doesn't make any sense when you when a lot of churches are like beating people over the head like, All right, you got to give your ten percent, so you gotta give back to God. And like there are so many churches that don't even preach it as an option. They preach it as something that you have to do to be faithful. Yeah. You know, so if you're telling people they have to give money at that in, at that in point, order to be not, a member Yeah, at that point you're not a non profit anymore. If you're telling people they have to give money you're just over spiritualizing it. You're saying, well, they're not giving it to me. They're giving it to God. Well, where's that money going? It's going in your freaking pocket, dude. It's not going to God. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. Well, it's I, like, it's this like, is uh, bit- I, I, I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about uh, when Elevation built uh, one of their second campuses and they were like, they were doing this big fundraiser and they were like, well, like 10% of it is going to go to this mission or blah, blah, blah. It's like, Okay, so if you make like freaking like $30 million, like 10% of that, why not? I mean, if you, these churches that, these uh huge churches that have these huge buildings and stuff like that, why not take more of your finances, cut your pastor salaries, don't build that second location because you don't need it if you already have a congregation of... 30 40,000 people, why do you need more? Why do you need to keep growing? There's no there's no need for it when you can do good. Or even the small yeah. church we came from where freaking and I won't go into the finances, but I know because my wife worked on the financial board and she worked with payroll and stuff, so she knew all the pay payroll and stuff that the money people made and I won't go into it because I'm not going to divulge that kind of information. Yeah, but not- when you've got you know a pastor of a congregation of 60 to 80 making <laughs> as much money as, as they're making. It's a little crazy. It's a no, little and ridiculous. You're, you're
1: right. If, if you don't believe me that there's financial problems in the church, I want you to go to whoever your pastor is at whatever church you go to mm-hmm. and ask them, include your housing allowance, your food allowance, all the allowances that you get plus your salary – and your spouse's salary and can you tell me how much you guys make and that question isn't going to be received well because it's a secret worth keeping yeah. in a lot of places now i'm not condemning all churches cuz i know there's churches out there that have like rules the rule is that i cannot the pastor will not make more than the median salary of the congregation and that's a, that's a, that's a fantastic rule. That's, that's awesome. I mean, I think that's the way that it should be is that like, I take up the sum of the people that I'm leading and they help me live a life that's average like theirs. You know what I mean? I don't need, <laughs> even yeah. if I was, even if the rule was, I had to make as much as the lowest person, like, I mean, that's okay too. Cause I, I like Paul, the greatest apostle, Paul, the greatest apostle, father of the church, great, awesome guy. He literally had to have a side job to sustain himself. Because he, So I he don't did, care how big your church yeah. is, if you are above working a side job to take care of it, one, either your role is too involved or two, you're making too much money and you need to accept less for the sake of the gospel and give that money somewhere else because that's the way that Apostle Paul looked at it. He didn't say, look, I'm doing so much Look, I'm, I'm planting these churches and I'm spinning these plates and I'm, I'm doing all of this <laughs> ministry. I need someone to support me. He didn't say oh. that. He said, I would love it if you could, but if you can't, don't stress because that's not what I – because I don't need it. I'm not such a part of what I'm doing that if I leave it alone, it's going to die. It's not built on my shoulders. This is built on Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and the people of God. So if I need to take time off to go make some tents so I can eat food, it's okay. It's going to be fine without me. One, pastors should be less involved than they are. That's a problem that everything rests on their shoulders. You should be able to go work a side job and maintain your church and do what it needs to do, biblically speaking. Second point – is that you shouldn't require that your church support you entirely because the greatest father of all the churches in Asia Minor, the whole church in general, Apostle Paul, didn't feel that obligated. So why should you, a pastor of 50 people, feel like the obligation is there for your congregation?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would go one step further too because um, the the Apostle Paul, he didn't even say, if you can help out, that's cool, but you don't have to. Like He even went a step further like, He accepted money when he needed it. But even past that, he was like, I felt like he was like, I don't want your money. I don't want you to support me. I'll go out and I'll work with my own two hands and I'll make a living to support myself while I'm preaching the gospel. And like I said before, it's like, you know, you get when you when your financial future is invested into this thing, you have ulterior motive into growing your church. Even if your heart's completely
1: pure survival instinct isn't easy to turn off and you do have some kind of like pastors I'm reaching a hand out to you and saying guys calm down stop building your life underneath this church if the church falls apart it shouldn't cripple your entire life Mm -hmm. your survival shouldn't be tied up here you're doing work for the Lord and if it falls apart try again don't just like file for bankruptcy you know what I mean? Have a support system built up. Be wise. Ooh, well, yeah. Okay, so the Bible talks about wisdom and wisdom is not building your entire life off of other people's charity. That's just a wise choice. I mean, that just sounds
0: stupid when you say it like that. But so many people do that.
1: Yeah. And it's
0: my it, financial it put, future is based off charity. Like you uh, probably <laughs> shouldn't probably shouldn't be like that.
1: Yeah, and it puts so much weight on the congregation and so much guilt on the congregation that, like, basically if they don't give their money, the church is going to collapse and then my pastor won't have a job and he might be homeless. And just the whole system – I'm not blaming pastors. I'm not – okay, sorry. I'm blaming pastors a little bit, but I'm also blaming equally the congregations that have allowed this financial model to become the beast that it is. It's Mm -hmm. so – bad for everyone involved and that's what's driving young people away they're like wow that is a terrible model and i don't want to be a part of that and the sad thing is is that that model isn't even truly biblical like uh, can i just, just, just just freaking say something it says you should support your spiritual leaders because it says do not muzzle the ox when it treads the grain and that's the only scripture that we kind of have to define how financial structure should work for pastors and salaries. And we have taken that to the moon and back and turned it into something yeah. completely terrible.
0: Once again, it was like I was talking about earlier or in another, another conversation, I can't remember, of like how what we do is we take one, a couple scriptures that maybe aren't even related out of a book, of, out of a, a giant 66 book culmination literally thousands of chapters and we take one or two verses and we can base an entire theological belief system off that two yeah. a couple unrelated not even the same writer sometimes not even the same century and we're like and we're like yeah this is the truth mm-hmm. you know and i just don't mm-hmm. understand that so Enough. So on that, like, I I feel like we talk about what the church isn't a lot. I really want to get into like what I feel the church is, and I think that is, like I was saying in Ephesians, in Matthew sixteen, the church is people. The church is uh, the body of Christ, which is me and you and every other believer on the face of the planet. That is the church, and the the reason that we have so many like what do we have, like 33,000 different denominations in yep. Protestant Christianity? Yep. It's because everyone's trying to define what the church is in their own different ways. The church is the body of Christ, flat out, plain and simple, whether you're Protestant, whether you're Catholic, whether you are any other denomination, like all these other denominations, even inside the Protestant Reformation, like whatever denomination, whatever, whatever you hold— like, you, if you believe in Jesus, if you want to reach this world, if you love God, if you want to follow who He is, then, yep. then you are Christian, and you don't need... I, I just don't think we need... When we try to align with a certain sect of Christianity, like, we are literally just separating the margins, and we're drawing lines between each other. And I think... Yeah, so so I think like the church is the body of Christ. The church is a bunch of people who don't have it figured out who are trying to follow Jesus. And whether you call yourself a Baptist or whether you call yourself Episcopalian, what do you whether you call it whatever it is. Like yeah. If you believe in Jesus, if you are doing your best to follow him, and I don't even say that was in like vague ways. Like if you really 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 love God, And you are really, really wanting to do all you can to make an impact on this world, like you're a Christian, whether you're a Baptist, whether you're whatever. Like, do your thing, because I consider—I don't care what denomination you are. Like, I consider you my brother. I consider you my sister in Christ. Like, absolutely, yeah. Let's even—I mean, like, this world.
1: I, if you're. If you're any of those where I mean like if you're Lutheran, Catholic, uh, Methodist, Baptist, uh, non-denominational, any of those, whatever it is, we are all still the church. And so no matter what building you go to, it doesn't make a difference. Like I've heard people say like don't go church hopping like from one church to the next church to the next church. I, I, I agree with that to a certain extent, but can, I think it's impossible to church hop. Like if I go to the street down the road and then the next Sunday I go to the one further down the road, I went to the same church. It was the same yeah. body That's of Christ. Point. It's not different. And if I leave a church, like I've heard someone say, even this is my own life. You ready for this? There's some personal examples. Yeah. You don't, when the church is your family and when you have family problems, you don't just divorce your family and go find another one, mm-hmm. and that was used in reference to say you're not gonna, you shouldn't leave this church so you can go to another church and find a different family. I literally just like wanted to be like, but just so you they're know, they're my family too. They're my family too, and I'm not divorcing the family. I'm just choosing to move to a different house. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, like. Like it's not even that. We're still all in the household of God. Exactly. If I leave a church, I'm not divorcing my family. I'm not leaving my family. I'm experiencing all of it. You should be happy and thankful. Now, I will say this. I will say this Keith is one thing that I think that church is and needs to be is a closely knit group of people that are your friends, that are your family, and they will financially support you even if you're not the pastor. They will do whatever they can to better your life, love you, and express the love of God towards you. And I don't think that's the easiest thing to do whenever you're not building real meaningful relationships with people. When you are just jump around from church to church to church to church, and you never build a real meaningful relationship with a person, at that time, you have a weak connection to the church because the church is the people that are there. No matter where I go, no matter what pastor I listen to their podcasts, it's not important. What, honestly, I would say the church you go to is the people that you rely on in your spiritual life. The people that if you're falling down, you know they will catch you. The
0: ch- Yeah, the church you go to, this is the group of believers that I am connected to, that I associate with on a deep level. And that's not. And you can't say that this church down the road, that's not my church, or that's not my church, or that's not my church. Or, We are all one freaking church, and we've got to redefine what that means. If you are in the body of Christ, whether you're whatever denomination, whether you're even like some people will even say that Catholics aren't saved. Some people will even say that Catholics (laughs) aren't part of the church, which that is BS, man. Like they are Christians too. They may observe it a little bit different way. They may have a couple extra books in the Bible than, than we have. But who cares? They are doing their best to follow Christ as well. I have no... Like half of my family is Catholic. And they yeah. are some of the most loving, caring, God-fearing people that I know. So, so yeah, yeah, we can't say this group of... And that's where we were at in the church that we were at. It was like, oh, well, we're the church. We have this that everyone else needs. And, and everyone
1: else is barely the church. They're almost there. They need our light.
0: Yes. It was all about... We have something to offer that they need, but what we had wasn't working. It wasn't. You're the right. Look at us we, now. The crap tell, that we had. Like, we were like discipleship. We've got all the best discipleship agendas and tracks and programs, and we had the ODI, the One Heart Discipleship Institute. <laughs> it wasn't, an, and it wasn't even an institute. It wasn't. Oh. What are you like? What are you even talking about? An institute? Like that's? It's not an institution. It's a. Yeah, it's no. a small thing of teaching that you came up with for a congregation of 60 that doesn't merit an institute no yeah 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 i i i totally it's a big name for something really small
1: but here's the thing though like i just want to let you know warning to everyone that's listening to this podcast it's i want to tell you it's completely possible for you to go to a building on sunday morning where they're going to talk about jesus and you still don't have a church i'm telling you you can go there but that doesn't mean you have a church. You don't have a church and I'm going to go out on a limb and call me heretical. You don't have a church present in your life unless you have a real meaningful relationship with believers that have your back and will come to you when you're falling down. Yeah. You know them personally, you know their life, they know your life. If you don't have if you go to a church and you don't have that kind of relationship with anyone anywhere in your life spiritually, yeah. I'm telling you you don't have a church. You've got a a business that facilitates you getting a church. Yeah. You know, like you're there so that hopefully you can meet someone that can be the church in your life. It's not the church. So I want to I want to put a lot of people not take them off the hook. I want to put a lot of people on the hook and say that if you go to churches, quote unquote, on Sunday morning and you don't know anyone there that really could speak into your life, encourage you correct you, tell you that you're messing up or tell you that you're doing a great job. If no one has that kind of pull or relationship with you in a real way, you're not getting what the church is. Yep. You're not you you don't have you need people in your life. Okay, Christians, you need people in your life. Not buildings, not light shows, not discipleship tracts, not weekend retreats. You need people. <laughs> and the only reason we do any of that bull any of that BS, it, it the only reason we do that is the weekend retreat is so that you can hopefully meet someone that will be the church for you. You come to Sunday morning, hopefully you can get involved with something where you can meet the church that God has for you. And and the church is probably the guy across the aisle that you never talk to that really wants to share his life with you because that's what Christianity is. There is no, I get to be on an Island type of Christian. If you want to go to church you got to have real relationships with people that'll pick you up and
0: I mean push you down Dude, when you're being crazy. Yeah, no, I personally, man, like I I have gone to a Sunday morning service like 3 times all year. Mm-hmm. And I want to get into a, another experience that I had after this. Sure. Just go ahead. But for me when I go when I like the few times I've even gone to church this year, mm-hmm. it just feels like a play. It does. It feels like I go in here I sing a real happy song that gets me upbeat, jumping around, Sing a couple sad songs that make me feel all emotional. And then the pastor is, gets up and gives a message and then does an altar call. And then there's another worship song and then you go home. And I feel like it's just and it's a-, a play you've seen before. Like you already know it's going to happen, basically. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I've seen this movie a million times. I really don't care. Like, yeah, like I want God. I want truth. But I, I've seen this play out many of times. I mean, we were wrapped up in ministry before. We knew how it played. You plan these things I was, out. I you, was one
1: of the lead actors. So yeah, I was you, like you the... plan these things
0: out <laughs> meticulously. You like, and I, I know, like, I, I'm a worship leader. I love, and I still believe I have that calling on my life. That's why I say that. And I believe I've had some really deep spiritual moments, but at the same time, I feel like you can manipulate people's emotions to feel certain ways. Like you can play a song, get into a really drivey bridge and then slow it down and then like just leave the pads going and do some swells and stuff and then go into this really deep spiritual thing where people are just feeling emotions like you can very easily easily manipulate people's emotions to make them feel like no, yeah. they're, you that make they're them, having some kind create... of spiritual encounter and sometimes it's really not not saying that yeah. I ever did that or even if I did I did it on purpose like mm-hmm. no like I I genu- like when I worship God I genuinely do it with all of my heart but I feel yeah. like you can you can manipulate people's emotions to make them feel like they're having this real deep spiritual thing but if it yeah I won't get into all that that's another subject I just want any, to say that like points on that
1: that what you just talked about is you're creating an emotional tinder box yeah like you're like oh the bridge is real slow then we're building it up and we're screaming and then we're coming down and we're just like oh man and then literally the holy spirit could come in and be like hey guys how's it going in here and then everybody just like breaks and is like oh god yeah. ah! you know what I mean it's like it's not it might not even be that deep of a spiritual experience but god's like hey guys and then everybody's like <gasps> just like melts, you know what I'm talking
0: about. Yeah, (laughs) I mean emotions are so high. I mean, all God has to do is be like, sup and it's just over. I mean, that's cool. I just don't like all the manipulation in it. I don't. I I don't feel like you. I don't feel like you have to get people in that spot in order for God to speak. Oh no, I'm saying that like we because we get people to
1: that spot, they feel like they're really having a deeper spiritual life than they actually Uh, had. It's a supplement of
0: emotions. Okay. Okay, so something I wanted to get into—that was a good point, yeah, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something I wanted to get into is, uh, so my uh, my grandfather passed away about a month and a half ago, or a month ago. Yeah. Anyways, he was a really cool dude, and uh, the church that they that that he was going to, it. So I had a really good experience with these people. It was really awesome. Like, okay, the thing that okay, so the topic of this discussion was what the hell is church? Yeah. And, and this is the, this the hell is church is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> so I, I need, I'm going to get a tattoo that says that. <laughs> this the hell is church. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, yeah. So these guys were super chill, super cool. And they even like, you know, preached the gospel from the, from the, uh, The ceremony and everything on funeral, but they did it in a super polite, super respectable way. Yeah. Anyways, I was interacting with these guys, and they were super chill. Like I remember even talking to the pastor, and the only thing that they cared about as a church, they didn't care about growing. This is why I appreciate small churches more than mega churches, and I feel like it's something that is becoming a thing of the past, and I think it's going to be... Almost like a downfall of, like, true Christianity, almost. Yeah. I mean,
1: Eugene Peterson, uh, the guy that wrote the message translation, he he's he went as far
0: as to say that megachurches aren't churches. Yeah. That's crazy. And that's someone who wrote a version of the Bible, like, translated yeah, the entire yeah. Bible. So anyways, so these – because when you have uh, – we already talked enough about what's wrong with church – So, anyways, you talk about whatever you want, Keith. I don't care what we talked about. (laughs) So, anyways, like with this small church, like they didn't have big loans to pay for these huge buildings. They didn't have a million salaries to pay. There weren't people driving around in brand new cars and stuff. And you know what I really loved is that these guys, their only focus was affecting their community in a positive way. They didn't care about how much money they made. They didn't care about building bigger sanctuaries and more um locations and all this other stuff they cared about what can we do to reach our community how can we get more kids during summer to teach them about god how can we help people in our community who are hungry how do we you know it, it's it was all based on how can we help people and that's yeah. something that we're going to lose as we lose the mini churches. You know, because if they're mega churches, I call these the mini churches. But yeah. they're the real churches because, because yeah, agree. they're the ones that are focused on what's actually important, what Jesus said go do this. Jesus didn't say go build a bigger cathedral. Jesus didn't say, you know, become a pastor so you can have a million dollar salary and fly around in jets and limos and all this stuff. He said, like, to go help the widows and the orphans. He said to, to go seek and save the lost. He said, go change this world. He said, go make disciples. He Mm -hmm. didn't say, go make large congregations that give you a bunch of their money so you can have a bunch of money, you know? So, and I remember even talking to this pastor about, because I just sat down with him for a while and was talking, and he was asking about where I was at and what church I was going to. So, I was kind of describing to him how I'm not really going to church. I kind of, I didn't go into detail, but I was just like, you know, I kind of got burnt by church. And now I'm just, uh, right now I'm part of like a, a small house group where we kind of meet together and, you know, we give money to people and we talk about stuff and encourage each other. And, and then we hang out and we have meals. And I was like, for me, I feel like that's enough right now. And he was like, that's awesome. And he was like, there was even a group of people who used to go here that were like elders and stuff. Um, and anyways, like with family situations, it ended up not working out for them being here. So what they did is they left and they started hanging out down on the river and started hanging out with people. And now they're doing like a small house church down on the river. And he was like, it's really awesome because they can take their money and instead of using it to pay buildings and salaries, it's like they can actually go help people and stuff like that so th- what you have here is a pastor of a church of a building who's yeah. in favor of people not being in that building like that is so unheard of like
1: like that almost like that brings like that blew my mind. almost almost tears to my eyes because it's so unnatural for us it's so it's so refreshing cared like, more like about all the people yeah. All the millennials that want to love Jesus rejoice at that message because we don't see it that often. You know what I mean like pastors will always say like I don't care about the salary. That's not why I'm here. But if you take it away, I'm not even this isn't even to their I'm not even trying to make fun of pastors. I'm just saying if you take that salary away, their life crumbles. Yeah. But like that pastor whoever he is, wherever he is, you know, is saying I'm, I'm willing for yeah. what, it, whatever whatever has to happen for God to impact our surroundings. If that means I have to get a different job because we don't have enough people paying the tithe, then let's do it, guys. I want, I, I hope – like can you imagine a pastor that says, I hope I have to get another job because you guys don't need this anymore. You're just yeah. out there doing it. Like that kind of a pastor, that's empowerment. That's what millennials are wanting. That's what my generation is looking for is someone to say, go out and do this because I already know you can do it better than me. This is your generation. Go save them. Don't waste any more time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And someone who would encourage me to do that, I am so proud of that individual because I can see evidently that the love of the people of this planet and the love of God is shining through above all of their necessities all yeah. of their needs all of their wants all of their dreams are less important than people being impacted positively for the gospel and that is what's wrong with the direction of a lot of churches that's going on today that i that guy deserves mm-hmm. if uh, keith if you can find out who that guy is i'd like to send him <laughs>
0: like a uh, world's best pastor t-shirt he or needs something. like the, uh, <laughs> the the purple heart of pastors of being a pastor like <laughs> Because yeah, it's so but... it's so unheard of and you know what's crazy the thing that sucks is that that that's a rarity that it's a, so a pastor rare. a pastor actually caring about people more than maintaining a salary and a building and members like that it sucks like... that that is a rarity that that is a rare thing that that I met uh, a man who is a shepherd of people and cares about the people more than anything else like that. I'll
1: take it, I'll take it another step further and say it's, it's even more impressive to me. Like let's take salary out of it is that it not, it not only does he care about the people more than his salary, he cares about those people's dreams more than he cares about his own dream. Like yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure he has something that he wants to do for God, but other people finding their empowerment inside of the body of Christ and becoming the church is a bigger priority to him than whatever his dream is. And that is what we need in our church leaders is someone who's more concerned about you and what you're gonna do for God than they're concerned about what they're gonna do for God. Because wait for it. I'm gonna drop some scriptural bombs mm, on you, evangelicals. It, I hope you're ready. Get ready, brace Three, yourselves. Two. So one. Boom, here we are, wrapping up the old testament. In Malachi, I believe it's the fourth or fifth chapter. I don't know. I'm not that smart, but just here we go. The end of Malachi, God is saying that, and I will turn the hearts of the sons to the fathers and the hearts of the fathers to the sons. And if this doesn't happen, I'll strike the earth with a curse. But Ben, and isn't that just
0: about spiritual obedience?
1: No, it's not about spiritual obedience. It's about <laughs> the father saying, son, I value you more than I I value you and your dreams more than I value me and my dreams. And the thing is, turning the hearts of the fathers to the sons is literally just the father or the pastor or the spiritual mentor saying, my only dream is to see your dreams come to pass. That is my only dream. And when you have a father that thinks like that about a son, that son will honor the father and carry his own dream, the one that the father believed in, to fruition, yeah, and then that's when you really see the power of the church. In my opinion, is whenever people start caring about other people's dreams. Mm. Our leaders care Amen. more about other people's dreams than their own. My dream is to see your dream come to pass, and that's like a, that's a personal issue for me. Yeah, and it's that's like it's that's like where my
0: that's my heart. That's where my heart is at. And where we're at right now with the church is it's backwards. It's looked at as your job is to feed into my dream. And what you have is like, it. the reason that Christianity isn't working anymore is because a pastor says, your job, whether it's a hundred people or a thousand people or 10,000 people, it's saying, pastors are saying, your job is to encourage me in my dream of being a pastor, instead of saying, flipping it around. And then, they're like, well, why isn't this working? Oh, crap. It's like at the church we used to go to. Like, we used to beat ourselves up like, like, why isn't this working? We instituted this new program. It's not doing anything. People aren't coming to the church. People are leaving quicker than they're coming. And what's going on here? And the problem is we had it set up to where the pastor had all the answers and he had all the visions and... He had all the spiritual moments where God said, this is what you're going to do, this is what the church needs, instead of going to the congregation and saying, church, what do you need? What can I do for you? How can I serve you? Because that's what pastors are supposed to be, servants and shepherds of the church, not... not uh, <laughs> sorry no, sorry no, about that. No. Amanda <laughs> was being funny. They're supposed to be servants of the church, not... uh the thing that the church is serving you know what i'm saying yes man dude i'm like getting emotional <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah like what um jesus says in the bible you know is like um jesus responds to uh i think it's is it james and john i don't know who it was but he responds to a couple of his disciples james and, and john say, we
0: were just talking about them
1: Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Who's going to be the greatest? Who's going to be the greatest among us? And he says, the greatest servant among you will be first in the kingdom of heaven. And then he displays it so well by washing the disciples' feet. Like, the way to win spiritually, the way to really clarify yourself as a spiritual leader is to wash the feet connected to the dreams of your congregation, well, look people, at this. The people that you're connected to, your church, your small circle. If you want to be a leader – sorry, I'm talking about church leadership now. The only and, – and I want to make one point, Keith, and I'm going to let you finish is that okay. we're talking about some really beautiful stuff right now. Like this, this pipe dream that we're talking about is amazing. Like can you imagine if church was like this, if the leadership mindset was people first, me later – and then the, the financial was, it's not even a freaking priority. Screw the finances. We don't need them. If we, like, the only way that you could ever, the only reason we're not seeing that in America is because of the model of church that's been handed down to us for over the past hundred years, which is we've got to have a building and a full-time minister. So ha- since we have to have those, the other things get negotiated way too often. Yeah. It, it does not. It does not pay the bills, keep the lights on, and keep this building open and away from foreclosure to promote your dreams above my dreams. Yeah. What you need, what the people need, is a king, not a prophet, not a judge. You need a king to follow, oh, so that you'll man. invest in it, that's, so that we can actually get something
0: done. That's what we've created. We've created kings we, instead of pastors.
1: We've done it. We've created, yeah, government officials to tell us what the dream is, and then we just have to pick that dream up. And we've forgotten how to dream ourselves. And the church is a limp, lame bride that doesn't know how to move. Okay, sorry. I'm getting really like Damon so, Thompson feeling no, right that, now. That, no, that <laughs> was good.
0: That was a good point. But one thing I thought that I had one time, I was reading the Bible, and I was it was talking about how God sent the angels who were the ministering spirits. Yeah. And they tended to the people. Like their job as ministers were to serve the people. And yes. as pastors, you are ministers to the people. So your job is to not, is to not drain the people dry. Your job is, to, is not, what can these people do for me? Your job as a minister is like, how can I serve these people? What can I do for them? Don't you know? get them
1: to bring you water. You bring them water. I'm going to go JFK on them. Don't don't get don't ask them to stand up when you walk into the room. You stand up when they walk into the room.
0: Exactly. Like I mean that was so... that was such a good point you made. Like we have in churches we've created kings, not pastors. We've created people who you obey this man because that's your authority and you have to listen to what he says. Why? Like why? If if I if I have a brain between my ears, and I have a, a soul that can hear from God just as good as He can. Why can't I think for myself? Why can't I decide what I feel about this scripture or that scripture when what He's saying doesn't even line up with what the pastor down the road is saying? So one of them's not a real pastor. Which one do I follow? You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, we, we've, we've created that where we set up kingships instead of pastor servanthoods. So. Yeah.
1: So terrible. Okay, so I know we've really we've bashed on the church a lot, but I think we've also presented a lot of really positive things. I want to I want to do two things in summary, and I don't have to do both of these. We can talk about them, but to kind of wrap things up is talk about one final thoughts on what is the church. It is people that are also chasing Jesus, that are linked up together that support one another that would die for one another that are there emotionally for support, just support in general for, for the church. And Jesus says, and I think it's Matthew 16. If I'm wrong on the verse, uh, go Google it. I mean, it's 2017. Get over yourself. It's, uh, um, it says Jesus is talking to Peter and he says, and I will call you Peter the rock. Mm -hmm. And it's on that rock that I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Yep. And I will just tell you that that mega church, the gates of hell could very well prevail against it but the the, the the word church there in that verse is ecclesia which means the called out ones. so it's talking about individuals who have been called out and the church will not prevail against people with real relationships that support one another with Christian love and are expressing the love of God to one another in a real life scenario where you're actually friends actually family and you stand together the gates of hell won't prevail against that because that's the church the mega church the gates of hell could very well prevail against it because that is not the church so okay so final points final Final points points. the other thing i do want to talk
0: about though is that christian domestic discipline <laughs> <laughs> all right, make your point.
1: <laughs> uh, no, the 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 point I want to talk about is that I don't feel like churches are completely useless and worthless. The things that we have now in our society, even though they're wrong, they still still can serve a great purpose. Like I I'm so thankful for all the mega churches that have introduced people to Jesus. They are preaching the gospel. And I will say this is that we, we defined the church as something other than the megachurch. But a megachurch is like the coolest social club where you can go and actually get connected to the real church. Like you can go there and you yeah. can meet someone that you can link up with. And it's the best thing, honestly, in our culture to facilitate people finding the real church, which is the called out ones, the people, the individuals in their life that they're going to be able to depend
0: on. Mega churches are weird, though, because that's just where all the hipsters go to church. I know, but if you're a hipster, I mean, go there and get with other hipsters that can actually be the church in your life. When I walk into like a big church, I feel like I'm not cool enough to be a Christian.
1: That's the way I feel like. I feel like kind of like when I walk into a big church, I Uh, feel the same way as I used to feel whenever I walked into the high school. Yes. (laughs) Like everyone is way hipper than me. They know all the coolest trends and I I don't even know the right words to say. I don't know how to talk cool. Like they know how to talk cool. And then they give you that same look. That you got in high school, like, okay. And yeah, and they're like, uh, yeah, man, you're I'm sure you'll find find your place. I'm sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but I, I don't want to degrade churches. I think that churches do a valuable thing, but I think that they're our priority. And that the, the fact that we've made that building our priority rather than our tool is killing christianity in our nation it's like it's like poisoning it not maybe not killing it but it's making it sickly and weak Mm -hmm. in our nation amen yeah so bam
0: Mm. good stuff sorry i talk so much keith but i get i get i get passionate about this stuff have you ever heard about um christian domestic discipline Why, why don't you drop some bombs on me dude okay so i don't know if any of you guys have heard about it or not but it's pretty much and it's something that people consider scriptural some people. So, pretty much what it is, it's like how the man is the head of the household, right? You know that? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of talked about
1: in the Bible. It says that uh, man is the head of woman and Christ is the head
0: of man. Yeah. So, people take that to an extreme, and they're, they pretty much treat their wives like children. Like, if a wife does something that the man disproves of, like... I was reading an article, like a wife, this this guy's wife had, Yeah. she had like a broken foot and she was outside putting clothes on a clothesline and he came home from, from his lunch break and he was like, when I get home, we're going to deal with this. And then she thought she did something wrong. So when he comes home, he like literally calls her to the bedroom, bends her over his knee and spanks her like a child and then makes her stand in the corner and he's like, I did this because I care about you. Because you shouldn't be outside on your broken leg. You might hurt it. Like, uh, Uh, what? No, in there. Yeah, no, there are seriously like tons of people who practice this. There can't
1: be tons of
0: people. There are way. Look it up. There, look it up. There are entire groups of people who practice this. Like, are they like? Is it? Are they in America? Like, does this happen in America? Yeah. And the women are okay with it. They think that they're being godly and submitting to their husbands in that way.
1: Oh man, so weird. Ah, oh, jeez.
0: Like if a, if a husband like sees like his wife does something he doesn't approve of, and like they get into an argument and heated in the moment, he'll literally tell her to go stand in the corner until they calm down, and then he'll go spank her.
1: Man, well. Wow. I I I just want to repent to to everyone that's listening to this podcast because I've been living my life all wrong. Yeah, and and, and I mean, so we I've been, we practice it, I, right? Me and me and my wife, we regularly submit to one another in Christian love, and I, I guess I, that's that's must be heresy. I apologize to everyone. I you know, right now I'm gonna go I'm gonna go right in there to Joanna. I'm gonna mm. tell her, hey, listen I'm the head. To me. Yep. Listen to me. I need you. To bend over
0: <laughs> <laughs> do it I would
1: I would never I would literally like I, I there's just that's not <sighs> Keith I'm not a really I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I'm the most uh I'm not about this whole social justice thing but I definitely am about equality
0: and my and point on that, that is that is how you can get things wrong because they have script, scriptural backing on all of that. But does that make it right? Uh, cuss no, definitely not. He said cuss no. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay, Keith, I need to go process that. That is... Uh, Maybe we can start, like, a GoFundMe for, like, set these women free. Yeah. No, but they want to be that way. Oh, my gosh. Like, we a
0: GoFundMe for counseling? Yes.
1: I don't don't know.
0: (laughs) Because we were even Uh, talking to a friend one day, and she's like, yeah, I know people who do that. What the cause? Like, that does not make any. All
1: right. Well, I can't really respond to that because my only response is, like. Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, okay. <laughs> but whatever man, to each their own. We're all the body of Christ, right, Keith?
0: Yep. <laughs> some so people can... some people are the arms, the legs. Some people are the hand that smacks the booty.
1: <laughs> some people are the are the stern look you give your wife when she steps out of line. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. This has been a really good topic, Keith. I think this is like one of the most, this is probably one of the most emotional episodes <laughs> of the podcast for me. And when I go back and listen to it, I'm probably going to be kicking myself for how much I talked because I was so emotional. But
0: yeah, it is what it is, man. I'm passionate about what I'm passionate about. Well, next podcast, let me know how many times you kicked yourself. Uh, okay. I probably won't kick
1: myself. Wait, are you talking about like figuratively kicking myself or physically kicking sure. myself?
0: I was gonna say physically.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay, I'll set the expectation at none. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh, Keith, do you have any parting words of wisdom? If you don't, that's okay. Yeah, I I really don't. Yeah, me really either. But hey, you know what? Just letting everybody know, we're not pastors, so it's not our responsibility to drop wisdom on you. Go get that Mm. stuff yourself. Yep. Go pick. Go pick up a Bible. Go pick up a. Go pick up a. Go pick up a. Go pick up a. Uh, message bible go pick it
0: yeah go pick up a book from the latest mega pastor oh yeah um they've got uh, all the
1: answers for you yeah your best life now Mm. you want some some wisdom crack that bad boy open (laughs) yup or anything by oprah no never mind don't do oprah (laughs) that's probably bad for you all right guys have a good one it was good talking to you thanks for hanging on as long as you did if you listen to this podcast we love you
0: yeah, it doesn't.
1: It doesn't take long to hit the like button. It helps us out a lot. And if you like the podcast, then you should tell us you like it. And if you don't like stop. it, then don't
0: hit the like button. It's that simple. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, oh, Keith, I just realized that maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's why no one likes our podcast on uh, Facebook because no sure. one likes it. That's
0: it. We should stop. Every
1: every single listener is a troll. i'm just kidding (laughs) no we love all
0: you guys there are in entire classes at churches that they're taking like they're listening to the podcast and it's like things that christians don't do or like things that christians don't (laughs) say and they're like taking notes on how to interact with people like us
1: (laughs) (laughs) hey i'm just saying if you're a pastor and you're listening to this or a minister and you're listening to this and you're confused about why millennials are not really psyched about stuff just, I mean, like, we are a ministry tool. Yes. If you just, if, you, if the pastors just listen to us complain, they would understand where their youth and their
0: younger young and adults for, are coming from. for nine ninety nine a month, you can contact us directly, and we can tell you all of our issues. And we'll, we'll send you resources based off of the things yes. that we're frustrated about. Send and us, it will help you connect with the younger generation. Send us your church structure, and we will judge it ourselves, and we will let you know what you're doing wrong.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you have a pastor that seems to not know what the freak he's doing, hook him up with us, and we'll definitely let him know he doesn't know what the freak he's doing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right. Okay, so for for the fifth time, adios, amigos.
0: Yep. See you guys next week.